0: Thank you. You know, before I begin a presentation, I always like to take a second and look out over the audience because I can always spot a couple of folks that are already thinking to themselves, boy, none of that new age, touchy-feely, complimentary and alternative medicine stuff can possibly do anything for my health problem. I mean, after all, my doctor's never heard of it. My insurance company's not going to pay for it, so what good could it possibly be, right? Well, I'm Alan Smith, and I have to admit, I used to feel exactly the same way until I found myself sitting up at the Mayo Clinic several years ago. And after days of testing, they said, We've got good news, and we've got bad news. The good news is, it's not going to kill you. The bad news is, you're not going to like it, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Well, I very quickly decided I was going to have to find my answer someplace else, because I was sitting in the finest medical facility in the world, and I sure wasn't going to spend the rest of my life in that condition. I was about this close to living on baby food at that point. So I started down the path of complementary and alternative medicine. And I'm very glad that I did, because along the way, I discovered some therapies that have done amazing things for my health, brought it back past the point that the doctors even thought was possible, what I call unbreaking your health. But I also discovered, just because the doctors say, there's nothing more that we can do, that does not mean that there's nothing more that can be done. There is, in fact, a world of wonderful therapies just waiting to help you out there. But I'm going to be giving you so much information so fast today that I'm going to have to do it by the bucketful. And the secret in the first bucket is that old medicine, or what we call complementary and alternative medicine today, does work. Now, when I talk about complementary and alternative medicine, or CAM for short, what I'm really talking about is everything that's outside of mainstream medicine used today. And as you can probably imagine, that covers a lot of ground. That's everything from ancient healing techniques to the latest technologies and innovations. That's everything from the Alexander Technique in the A's to Zen Body Therapy and the Z's and everything in between. It includes things like traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda that are thousands of years old. Humor therapy that was mentioned in the Bible. Some of the newer therapies were even created by doctors and nurses, but if it's outside of the use in mainstream medicine, it's considered CAM. Now, some people call all of this stuff mind-body medicine. Some people dismiss the whole thing as nothing more than the placebo effect. Whatever you want to call it, what we're really talking about is your body's natural and virtually unlimited ability to heal itself. And we've known about it for a long time. To give you just one example, it was 400 years ago that Jonathan Swift, the author of Gulliver's Travels, you remember that book from high school about little people and big people? Yeah, that one. Well, he wrote that the three best doctors in the world were Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Merryman. And you know, today, four centuries later, we are still figuring out the importance to our health today of what we eat and drink the peace that we find within ourselves, and the joy that we find within life. Now, how much difference can all of that make? Well, let me ask you, how many of you have ever heard of the Ornish program? Okay, that's about normal. Well, Dr. Dean Ornish is a good Texas doctor who went out to California and created a lifestyle therapy that has been medically proven to reverse heart disease. He can literally open clogged arteries without drugs or surgery. And it's built really on the foundation of Jonathan Swift's three best doctors. The Ornish program has been so well medically documented that in 2008, Medicare approved it as the first lifestyle therapy in Medicare history. And you may be wondering, well, if it's so well proven, why is it still considered complementary and alternative medicine? The answer is easy to explain because you know your doctor would much rather talk to you about a prescription for drugs or angioplasty or stent or even bypass surgery than about a lifestyle therapy. But to be fair to the doctors, that's because they've already discovered that most of their patients would really rather talk about drugs and surgery than changing how they live their lives. But the point is Dr. Ornish already knows his therapy is great for heart disease, but now he's starting to research just how far and wide the health benefits of this type of lifestyle therapy extend. And in one of his first experiments, starting with a small group of men with prostate cancer, they discovered that in just three months on the Ornish program, they could switch 500 different genes basically turning on genes that fight cancer and promote good health and turning off genes that support cancer growth so how you live your life can impact your health right down to the functioning of your genes so maybe a few of you are beginning to think okay maybe some of that stuff's got a place but after all it'll never replace real medicine like surgery right well as a matter of fact There was a very interesting report on the Discovery Channel a while back about an orthopedic surgeon down at Baylor Medical Center in Houston. Now, you see, this doctor wanted to do a research study about knee repair surgery because the current surgical protocol actually has two steps. You see, first of all, they go in and they pull out all the gunk out of the knee, and then they go in and they smooth off the joint so it moves more smoothly together. Now, Baylor management said, you know what, that's a great idea. We'd really like to find out what's the most efficient and effective protocol. But, oh, by the way, doctor you're actually going to have to do four different kinds of operations for this study. You see, because first of all, you're going to have to do your standard two-step operation. But then you're going to have to do an operation where all you do is pull the gunk out of the knee. Then you're going to have to do an operation where all you do is smooth off the joint. And last, you're going to have to do an operation where all you do is cut and sew the skin on the knee, and you don't really do anything. And that'll be your baseline or control group. Now, this doctor took his work very seriously. He actually had his standard two-step operation videotaped so that when he was doing one of his other operations, he could play that tape right in the operating room with the sound turned off, but use it as a guide to call for exactly the same tools in exactly the same sequence, check exactly the same gauges, do everything exactly the same over all four operations. Now, Baylor Management tested and measured all of these patients for two years after their operations. They measured things like knee mobility, knee flexibility, tested things like pain reduction, all of the criteria that we would all consider a successful knee operation. Now, what do you think the statistical difference was between all four types of operations? Zero, zip, zero, zilch, nada, there was no difference. As the Discovery Channel said, this is a surgeon quickly working himself out of a job. And you may be wondering, well, how is such a thing even possible? it's easy to explain because every patient going into that operating room expected to get better. Even the ones getting the sham or phony surgery could look and see the stitching on their knee and said, obviously we've had knee surgery and their brain said, therefore we must get better. And so they did. So the secret in the first bucket is that old medicine or what we call complementary and alternative medicine today does work. Maybe not as fast or as consistently as we might like, But it does work. Now, the secret in the second bucket is that today's newest science is not disproving complementary and alternative medicine, but it may be starting to show us how it works. It was 30 years ago that the scientists looking through their microscopes discovered a molecule in the human body called a peptide. Now, this was a very important discovery because it was the first physical connection between our mind and our body. Because, you see, the peptide connects our emotions with our immune system. And it's something I know most of you are already familiar with. Because at some point in your life, you've been involved with something that was just a lot of fun, right? Maybe it was a new project at work. Maybe you were working on a family reunion. Maybe you were falling in love. Whatever it was, you were running and gunning at 110%, and yet you felt fantastic, right? Right? guess what if bubonic plague was running through town at that point it would run right around you because you really are bulletproof but you may have also experienced the other side of the coin when the boss is giving you a hard time car needs work kids going to college and needs money things just aren't so good guess what you've got a bullseye on your chest and every bug within a 100 miles is going to track you down Welcome to the wonderful world of psychoneuroimmunology, or PNI for short. But today's newest science is called epigenetics, as an over and above genetics. It was actually 50 years ago that the scientists discovered the double helix of our DNA. And you know, way back then, they thought that that was going to answer all of our questions about the human body. And that enthusiasm lasted about, oh, two seconds, because they quickly figured out You know, if that was really true, then why don't identical twins get identical diseases? So they kept working through their microscopes. And they discovered a few things along the way. Such as the fact that our genes are not self-activating. In other words, they don't turn themselves on and off. Which is the reason you may have been born with a gene for cancer, but you were probably not born with cancer. It took something in the environment, 20, 30, 40 years or whatever, to turn that gene on. And guess what? That's what epigenetics is, because it's described as changes in gene function that are caused by environmental factors, which do not cause changes in our underlying DNA. This is kind of Mother Nature's way of trying something on for size to see how it works. And if it works okay for a day or generation or two, eventually it may be put into our DNA code. But otherwise, it's simply discarded. Now, the scientists kept working and kept working, but... You know, eventually they decided that the only way they were really going to get a handle on this whole deal was if they researched every single gene in our DNA. And before they got started, they said, you know, this is going to be a massive worldwide project. It's going to take years and years and years because they expected to find 125, maybe 130,000 different genes. And that's just to explain all of the functions in the human body that we know about today. It was called the Human Genome Project. You may have heard of it. Well, they got to work with their microscopes. Suddenly, the project ends years ahead of schedule. Because, you see, they only found about 25,000 different genes. Now, I'm not a CPA. I'll admit that. But my math skills are good enough to know there was a big difference between 25,000 and 125,000. What's the difference? Epigenetics. Now, one of the other things that they discovered about our genes with all of this research is, with epigenetics, it doesn't just turn genes on and off. It can turn bits and pieces of genes on and off. That's how you get that multiplier effect. I guess the best way I can explain it is if you think of your genes as being letters of the alphabet, well then epigenetics is all of the nouns and adjectives, the sentence structure and grammar, all of those things necessary to turn those letters into something useful like language. That's epigenetics. Now, on your handout, there's a picture of the Agouti mice at Duke University. Now, Duke is one of our country's leading epigenetics research institutions, and in this particular experiment, they've managed to link the gene for obesity with the gene for hair color. So, as you can see in the picture, on one side, there's a very normal-weight mouse with dark-colored fur, and on the other side, there's a very obese mouse with very light-colored fur, and variations in between the two. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what makes that picture very interesting? is the fact that all of those mice actually have identical DNA. What you are looking at is a photograph of epigenetics in action, changes in gene function caused by environmental factors, in this case, exposure to BPA plastics. Now, when I talk about environmental factors, I'm sure you understand. I'm talking about what you eat and drink, but some of you may still smoke, your exercise habits Stress at work or at home, those are all environmental factors. But energy is also an environmental factor. The energy we get from the sun giving us vitamin D, that's great energy. Too much energy from an x-ray machine, that's bad energy. But what the scientists have now discovered is that the energy of your own thoughts and feelings is enough to cause epigenetic changes in your body. Yes, we have reached the crossroads between the path of scientific research and the path of mind-body medicine, because the power of your own thoughts and feelings is enough to cause changes in how your genes function. So the secret in the second bucket is that today's newest science, epigenetics, is not disproving complementary and alternative medicine, but it may be starting to show us how it works. The secret in the third bucket is one you're really going to enjoy because it's how you can turn all of this complementary and alternative medicine stuff into something that can help you with your health problem. You see, you can find the therapy, the treatment that you need to improve your health. There's a process in this world that enables you to find what you need when you need it. But the trick is you have to be ready, willing, and open to it doesn't matter whether you're sinking in the quicksand of pain or stranded in the mountains of misery or simply lost in the forest of symptoms. You can find what you need for better health. It's been given a lot of different names. Some people call it inner healer. Some people call it divine guidance. Some say it's nothing more than synchronicity. Whatever you want to call it, it does work. To give you just one example out of my life, You know, it was less than two weeks after I got back from the Mayo Clinic that I ran across a book by Dr. Bruce Lipton called Biology of Belief. Now, this was exactly the book I wanted to find because it gave me hope. It said that the power of my own thoughts and feelings could change the functioning of my genes and improve my health. Unfortunately, as I read through the book, there was all this great science, but you get to the end of the book and it's like, Bruce... You've got a lot of great science in here, but you don't tell me how to capitalize on this epigenetics stuff to improve my health. To which he says, well, I'm a cellular biologist. That's not my department, right? He says, but oh, by the way, there is this guy by the name of Rob Williams in Colorado with a process called Psych-K, short for Psychological Kinesiology. Of course, he mentions this in the last couple of pages of the book, but, you know, better late than never. So I called Rob Williams in Colorado, talked to him about Psych-K got involved and learned more about the process, and the more I learned, the better my health. So that was really my first step into the world of complementary and alternative medicine, and it helped me go further down the path to find more therapies that improve my health. To give you another example, one of the gentlemen I interviewed on my podcast program was Dr. Wayne Chikowitz, and we were talking about nepropathy, which I'm sure is another complementary alternative therapy you've never heard of. It was developed in Eastern Europe, 80, maybe 100 years ago, and brought to America by Dr. Oakley Smith. It's a little bit like osteopathy. It's kind of in the same general category. Anyway, Dr. Chikowitz had had a problem with headaches and migraines his whole life, and when he was in medical school, it really got severe, really became a problem. Now, being in medical school, he'd gone to almost every doctor he could find in the Chicago area, which, as you can imagine, is pretty substantial, but without any success. He found a new doctor, and once again the doctor said, You've had all the tests, you've had all the therapies that we've got. He says, You might try something called nepropathy. Now, this was the first time Dr. Chickowitz had ever heard the term. And he said, Okay, what is it? This doctor explained it to him, and he said, Okay, great. And left the doctor's office and was driving home, and all of a sudden, right there on a big billboard right on the highway in Chicago, was this sign for nepropathy, Dr. So and so. And the first thing listed that it's good for was headaches and migraines. So Dr. Chikowitz writes down the number, gets home, calls the guy, makes an appointment, goes in, and in one appointment with nephropathy, his headaches and migraines disappeared, and he's never had a problem with them since. So at the time, Dr. Chickowitz said, this is what I'm going to change my major to study in medical school because this is the kind of therapy that can help people easily and quickly, and this is the kind of doctor I want to become. Now, what makes this story interesting, ladies and gentlemen, and why I mention it as the secret in the third bucket, is Dr. Chikowitz had actually seen that billboard for months. He had driven by it every day because it was located right between the medical school he was attending at that point and his home. But until he was ready and willing and open to it, it simply went right over his head. Didn't see it. Didn't pay any attention to it. And that's the way most of us are. The therapies, the treatments that we may need may be right around us right now. But we're not ready for them. We're not paying any attention to them. Now, granted, it does help if you've got a map to help you find your way around. And that's why I included it in the second edition of my book. But it's just a way to help you be aware of what's available. So that when you are ready, you'll be drawn to that therapy that you need for better health. And I know that you can do this because I've already done it. So I know you can do it. So the secret in the third bucket is you can find that therapy that you need for better health. Although it does help to have a map. But the secret in the fourth bucket is the most important one of all. And I hope it's the one that each one of you takes home with you today. And that is that you are all responsible for your own health. Not your doctor Not your mother. We are all responsible for our own health. After all, who's got more skin in this game than we do, right? And the good news is, you have all of these hundreds of complementary and alternative therapies just waiting to help you. Things like EFT and Rolfing and Psyche. All these hundreds of therapies that are just waiting out there to help you find better health. So I want each one of you today to begin to take complete responsibility for your health and start by empowering yourself with knowledge and information. Because believe me, when it comes to your health, ignorance is not bliss. It can be deadly. And besides the only way that you can really make an informed decision about your own healthcare is if you know what all of your options are. And yes, that includes learning about the options and opportunities that you have in the world of complementary and alternative medicine. Now, if you want to start with a book like unbreak your health, because it's got 339 listings and 150 different categories in the second edition, I think that's wonderful. I happen to think it's a pretty good little book myself. But if there's something you've already been interested in, something you've been thinking about, you just haven't gotten around to it yet, then don't wait another minute. Don't wait until you're sitting up at the Mayo Clinic asking yourself, why didn't I do something about this sooner? Why did I wait so long? Stop by a bookstore on the way back to work. They've got a book out on almost every conceivable topic that you can imagine. Stop by the library on the way home from work. All of those books are free. What more could you ask? Start doing some internet research while you're at work. Just tell your boss it's a wellness project you're working on. He won't mind, right? Whatever you want to do is fine. Just don't wait. Take responsibility today. Sad fact of the matter is we take better preventative care of our cars and our yards then we do our most precious gift in this life, our own health. And I don't want you simply to avoid disease and illness. I want you to have the kind of full, joyful, vibrant health that you deserve. And that means taking charge of your health. Because the fact of the matter is, if you don't, not only are you going to have a lower quality of life than you deserve, you just might (laughs) kick the bucket (laughs) sooner than you should, too. I thank you for your time.